Good morning. This is Mary Cole, and I'm running for Lake County State's Attorney. Welcome to the Lake Forest Podcast. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Navy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest owned Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. Are you looking for beer, wings, and swings in Lake Forest? Well, check out Duffer's Pub and their state-of-the-art golf simulators. This primo setup is the perfect place for your next corporate event. Yes, let your boss win. And of course, all the games will be on the TV and you'll never go hungry because the za and wings are scrumptious. Go to Duffer's Pub on Western Avenue now. We'd also like to say we're thankful for Patreon supporters. Otto, John, C, and Helen. So we have we have Mary Cole here running for state's attorney. Rick or Joe, how do we know Mary Cole? I'll start with the lawyer in the room, Rick. Rick, how oh, do we know Mary uh, I, I know Mary from, uh, well, yes, from, uh, she was in, in the state's attorney's office. She's an uh, um, experienced attorney. Uh, in particular, Mary and I participated in the Lake County Bar Association's Gridiron Show together in uh, 2022, yes, um, which just just before, uh, actually, no, that was just after the uh, the pandemic. Uh, and it was, she's, she's a, just a wonderful person to work with. Boy, that must have been a humdinger. You saw oh, tickets yeah. to that? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> then, like the gridiron show in Washington. If you if you don't work in the courthouse, uh, it's not necessarily all that entertaining. It's kind of inside humor. Yeah, we enjoy it. it. We <laughs> we think it's funny. You all bill by the hour for the show. Just <laughs> you do it for the residents. <laughs> we, have like cash. we have a. It's a. It's always a. It's always a fun thing. Actually, we've been doing it. Bar Association has been doing it since the at least the 1930s. Really, 1930s. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, we actually have a photograph uh, from the 1930s uh, of the audience and the show. Uh, what was your routine okay. back then? <laughs> we made fun of lawyers and judges. <laughs> Mary, you so based on what Rick just told us, your background, you are a prosecutor or were a prosecutor. Um, with the state's attorney's office. I believe you left when Mike Nierheim lost the election in 2020 and Eric Reinhardt 
was elected. So let's talk a little bit about your background and why you want to be the Lake County State's Attorney. Okay. Uh, I think with me in particular, understanding why I want to be the Lake County State's Attorney um, ties in heavily to my story of why I became a lawyer to begin with. So if you don't mind, I'll kind of just start there. It makes more sense. Um, Well, one, I was born and raised in Lake County. So um, this is my home. I grew up in Deerfield. Uh, My dad's side of the family has been here since like the Mayflower. My grandpa worked at Abbott. My mom came here from Thailand when she was 30. So she's a little bit of the American dream. She came here speaking no English. Um, She got a one-way ticket from her brother to come here. She met my dad, opened a business, still goes into work every single day um, in Deerfield. Um, But they raised us in Deerfield because they thought it was safe, right? Um, They weren't that financially well-to-do, but they thought that safety was a really big component about raising children. So if they they could afford to live there, they would. And that's what they did. Um, I graduated from Deerfield High School and went away to school at Southern Illinois University, this Lukey's. (laughs) Um, But as fun as it was, it was was a trying time for me. Um, Like a lot of young people, I ended up in a relationship that was violent and kind of scary that fast forward i was a victim in a criminal case um so that experience being far away from home because it is six hours it's illinois but it's like five or six hours away Mm -hmm. um and isolated from friends which is also common in those situations um it was very trying time and so for me having a prosecutor there in my case that was that was a special relationship right um i also ended up being a domestic violence victim advocate at the Williamson County State's Attorney's Office around that time. So I was helping victims through the criminal justice similar system, kind of similar to what I was going through. And it's funny because the two things really didn't, they didn't happen because of each other, but they happened at the same time. And I think life just, you know, sometimes life throws you a bone. Um, so that's kind of where my passion for uh, prosecutors came into play because I saw the work they did. I saw how how wonderful it was that they, you know, got up and represented people, not because they knew them, but because based on principle, it's the right thing to do, right? So got my life together, went to law school, um, planned on being a prosecutor when I got out of law school at John Marshall, um, passed in the normal amount of time, passed the bar. And lo and behold, I get out of law school and none of the local state's attorney's offices are hiring because it was much harder (laughs) to get a spot in the offices back then. Um, So I ended up being a public defender for the first few years right out of law school, which was good, right? Because I had this really victim-oriented background. And so it was really important for me to see the other side of that story, right? To defend constitutional rights, to, to learn that balance and compassion really are necessary in an effective criminal justice system, right? Did that for a few years, and then Mike Nierheim's office opened up. And I interviewed with him. Um, Very fortunate to have become a prosecutor and like raised as a prosecutor under Mike Nierheim's administration. He's one of my mentors. Um, It was a great office. I met some of my favorite people in the whole world working there. You know, you run trials, you help people, you fight the good fight. The issue at that point was no one would leave. So it was hard to get a job. A few judges or a few attorneys there became judges. That's the only reason I got a spot. So when Eric came in, or Mr. Reinhardt, I did stay for a little bit. I tried. I really did. Um, I thought, you know, it was hard at first, but maybe that's just what happens when there's turnover, right? That's the nature of the beast. I observed some things happening that were just inexcusable. Catering to campaign donors, you know, 
getting rid of hundreds of years of prosecutorial experience and supervisors and replacing those supervisors with people who've never prosecuted a case a day in their life. For me, the last straw was when one of those supervisors started telling young assistants there's no such thing as victims. Right. And so for me, because of that, there are so many other things we just don't have time for right now. But for me, that was the last straw. We and also had a skit in the uh, gridiron, by the way, about uh, Eric Reinhardt's turnover in his office, uh, about how co- so many prosecutors were leaving. It was a subject of regular humor. Uh, I remember that well because I played Eric Reinhardt. <laughs> you did. I forgot that you did. And that hasn't really changed. So when I left, I wasn't, you know, I, I was one of the first to voluntarily leave. Um, but I wasn't the last. As of like four weeks ago, the number was 83. He's lost 83 employees since then. It's like two and a half years. And over 30 of those people he hired. So it's not just, you know, I, I think there's an argument, well, you know, that's the old regime. No, no, no. It's not a good office to work in right now. And the problem is, is that office has such a great duty to the community, right? It's it's not it's not an office where some some other agency can step in and do that job, right? Like victims can't call and get a new prosecutor if that prosecutor's not doing their job. They're stuck with whoever they get. So let's so, let's talk about a little bit about the office because that's a good yes. overview. But because a lot of people don't know what a state's attorney is, you know, they watch TV. It's called the DA, the district attorney. But here in Illinois, we call it the state's attorney. Um, mm-hmm. People know about somewhat about Kim Fox because we all yes. watch Chicago yeah. TV and, and everybody talks about Kim Fox. And I often refer to Eric Reinhardt as Kim Fox Jr. Because um, they have similar styles. But this is essentially this is the prosecutor. So, like, let's if someone is arrested by the Lake Forest Police Department um, and chart. But then after the arrest is made by the local police department, the case in court is handled by the state's attorney. Right. That's correct. So, and I think what an issue, and this came up in the mayoral election uh, this spring because one of the candidates who, uh, from my point of view, I'm glad they lost, um, but one of the candidates had given a lot of money to both Kim Fox and Eric Reinhardt. And so there was some concern raised by the other candidate that, hey, you know, our police department does not like, um, they won't say it officially, they, you know, they can't get it politically, but if you talk to any uh, Lake Forest police officer or, or pretty much any Lake County police officer uh, off the record, they are very unhappy because the police are trying to do their job. And, they, and we think the Lake Forest police do a good job, um, but they're arresting these people, bringing them in. Uh, turn, and, but then the, but then the state's attorney, and I think the case, there's, you know, there's a case particularly here in, um, in Lake Forest that happened, I guess, a couple of years ago, a gentleman by the name of, um, I believe it was Stephen Kennedy, was killed in a hit and run mm-hmm. accident. And the the driver, again, it was just, he, he hit him and then left the scene, left this man for dead. And, you know, I, I don't know if him leaving the scene that caused the man to die, that if he'd stayed on the scene, maybe the man could have gotten help. Um, and recovered, but the, the the man involved was a. I'm looking at my records here. Zachary Dubofsky from um, Glenview, I think. Yeah. From Glenview, yeah. So, um, but um, they let he left him to die. He left Mr. Kennedy to die here in Lake Forest, and um, you know, well, a lot I don't of, know what could have happened. That's murder, um, or at least a certain. But he's only been given mm-hmm. called, I guess, the the Lake. McHenry Scanner, Lake County, Lake County, McHenry County Scanner, which I urge everyone to read because you 
you know, unlike the Chicago Tribune, which may give you a yeah, story yes, about something in late in in Lake Forest, they, actual any, any crime that happens here, they cover. Yeah. Um, but he got periodic imprisonment mm-hmm. for fatally striking and leaving the scene. Again, he didn't just hit him and then go help him. Um, he left him to die. Um, and he gets periodic imprisonment uh, by uh, in a plea bargain with with Eric Reinhardt. And there's there's a whole bunch of other examples here. And we've, you know, so why don't you, I, I've talked a little enough and you're the candidate, but okay. talk about what the, what you think the state's attorney's office, and I know you can't comment on specific cases per se, but um, what's changed in, in prosecutions um, since Mr. Reinhardt became the state's attorney and that you would like to uh, reverse? Good question. I'm going to start off by by saying with regard to that hit and run case that I know has has touched Lake Forest like, deeply and the families there deeply. Um, obviously, I can't comment on sentencing. I wasn't there. I don't know the specific facts. And it's a very uh, fact specific sort of determination. But I will say that one of the reasons you want a criminal justice system that isn't like considered soft on crime. Right. Um, I think this case highlights it. One of the reasons we have sentencing, like there's different theories of punishment, one of them being the deterrent factor, right? So here, in that moment where a gentleman hits somebody, right? There's that there's that guttural instinct, do I save my own skin or do I do the better thing, right? And call 911, right? Because in that moment, mm-hmm. right, it, it's a deciding factor. One of the reasons you want a state's attorney's office that that holds people accountable, Right. Is because you want in that moment, if they're having that sort of I don't know what to do for them to say, ah, I don't want to go to prison, Paul, because that will save a life. Right. So that's that's one of the theories behind punishment. I think having a criminal justice system that focuses on the tradition of holding people accountable. It's kind of crazy to me. It's not happening right now. Right. But we have an administration right now that kind of treats people who are accused of crimes like they're the victim, if that makes sense. Like they're the victims of society. And I'm not saying that a prosecutor doesn't have a duty to also make sure that someone who's accused is treated fairly. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. We seem to have an imbalance right now where the victims of crime and the community come after, right, the interests of the accused. Imbalance has created issues. And, and you see, I mean, people can feel crime. Like, right? Going on the rise. People don't feel safer. And so a prosecutor's main job out the gate, number one, is to prosecute. Now, if you have an issue with whether or not uh, sentences are fair, that's a secondary thing. But we don't go and pretend like a crime didn't happen because we don't like the consequence. That's not how it should work, right? That erodes the fabric of society. And that's where officers are having a problem, right? Because they're doing their job. They're showing up to the scene. They're, they're trying to make sure the community is safe. And they're saying, hey, there's a crime here. Are you going to prove charges? And then they're hearing no. Right. So after a while, it becomes a very demoralizing process for officers, too, because they know they're not being supported and them just trying to do their job and they put their life on the line. Right. So the fundamental job of just pressing charges is a huge component of what needs to change. We are seeing an, an increase in not just the level of crime, but the, the types of crime. Uh, in the Lake Forest, Lake Bluff area that we've never seen before. I mean, all of right. a sudden, we were getting everything from uh, vagrancy uh, to burglaries uh, to um, uh, carjackings. 
uh, where two o'clock in the morning, uh, the Lake Bluff police came upon a car uh, that was parked uh, and then um, uh, rammed into the squad car, uh, then rammed into a fence, then rammed into another squad car before finally uh, the um, uh, people inside uh, jumped out, uh, were armed. Uh, and ran away. Uh, it's a, a level of crime that, frankly, we're just not used to in Lake Forest, Lake Bluff. Well, and, and we don't want to get used to it either. There's two, there's 102 counties in the state. There's only two uh, of those 102 counties. Each county has a, has a state's attorney. Of those, there's two counties where the state's attorney supports the quote unquote safety act, which I have to say, whoever on the Governor Pritzker's team came up with that name was a genius because a lot of people think the Safety Act is a good thing and enhances safety. Wouldn't it be safety? (laughs) So who's against safety? But um, every law enforcement organization in the state has come out against it. 100 of the 102 states attorneys in this state came out against it, including a lot of Democratic states attorneys. Yeah. And you can look at Will County, where the where the state's attorney is a Democrat, and he was against it. And there was a recent story in there about how um, uh, some some guys came to Will County thinking that they could get away with the stuff that they were getting away with in Cook County. Um, and oh, no, this guy, they ended up getting like 20 or 30 years in jail, which they probably would have gotten next to nothing in Cook County. And that that leads me to my question is the other issue that we're hearing from our police officers, again, off the record, but we're hearing from a lot of them. And, and it, again, came up in the mayoral election. Um, they feel like um, the word is out amongst the criminals that Cook and Lake Counties are the places to go to commit crimes, because if you do get busted, um, you're going to get a slap on the wrist compared to the other counties. I mean, that's, that's, I think, the feel that everybody has. And, you know, it's hard because, like, when you think of, like, empirical data, right, or statistics, the ironic thing is, if you want to make it sound like there's been a decrease in crime, um, not charging people, right, just because you don't charge someone and document that a crime has happened doesn't mean the crime didn't happen. But it does create a statistical appearance that crime is down, which is kind of a, it's a weird correlation that we have to deal with. But I I, I agree. I, I think that every neighboring county um, will say about the same thing. I mean, Lake County's crime has just gone up. Right. I mean, it's not just Lake Forest and Lake Bluff. Like, and, and it's we're so lucky. Right. We have such a safe community that we have the luxury of being shocked when something bad happens to us. Mm-hmm. Right. But you got to remember, Lake County's big. There are other communities where this stuff has has been happening and happening at a pace and a rate that's much more alarming. If we don't kind of put the kibosh on it, it's not going to get better. I, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand what the kibosh is. To me, the law is supposed to be objective, and I guess there could be some je- subjectivity to it. The, but the prosecutor does have great discretion. Oh, here, yeah. can, can, can we just look? I'm guessing maybe 20% of the people know what we're talking about out there because. This show is meant to be a bunch of people sitting at the bar having a couple beers talking about what's going on. So I, and, I will and sometimes it is just that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to point the finger and say Reinhardt's doing this or Fox did this, but like Mary, if you go in there, like, can you give a hypothetical situation where something happens that th- there would be a difference that you're in there? Cause it's like, I don't get how somebody gets, you know, a gun in their face and they say, okay, you're, you know, you're off the hook. How, 
How is this stuff going down and how would you make a difference? Explain it to me like I'm sitting at the bar. An officer can make an arrest, right? But it is the state's attorney's office who then takes that and files an information or makes a charging decision. You can be arrested and released, right? If the state says, you know, that's great. We don't think we have enough to go forward with it. Goodbye, right? So it is the state's attorney's office who has the duty to actually say that a crime has happened and that we, the people of the state of Illinois, are going to bring charges against you and hold you accountable, not just for hurting a person, but for hurting society, right? So that's where the state's attorney's office um, plays its most crucial role. So when I say prosecute cases, like they mentioned earlier, it's important we prosecute. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about saying that a wrong happened and that we're going to address it in court, right? Because no other body really does that for us. But like, what's the difference between... Like, what was Fox doing? What's Reinhardt, hypothetically, however you want to word it, counselors? Like, what what are they doing? Like, ah, I don't want to prosecute. No, uh, no, this guy had a hard upbringing. No, I'm not going to prosecute. Like, what, what's going on? So, there was a theory out the gate that I, I think we see implemented that low-level crimes, he didn't want to prosecute retail thefts and things like that. Things that were considered nonviolent, low-level crimes. The theory being that you can focus on the more violent crimes, right? The problem is, is you don't generally get to the more violent crimes if you haven't already been doing things down here, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where the fabric of things start to erode because you get a chance when you hold someone accountable at those lower level crimes, right, to deter. So they, I don't want to do this, right? But it's, it's kind of hard when someone's been getting away with something for so long and then they do it one more time and then boom. Right. And then to be surprised that there's a consequence if there's laws and they're violated, I will hold them accountable, period. Right. I want those sentences and the results to be fair, but we can't pretend like they didn't happen just because we don't like it. Is there a place for these people to go? Oh, like you prosecute everybody. Damn. No, there there, there no. are. Have you seen Cook County? I haven't been in uh, Waukegan yet, mm -hmm. but, you know, there. We're running out of. Are we running out of space? I don't. Uh, know. No, uh, not now. No, the. Um, uh, I, I understand that actually our prison population is much smaller now than it was. Yes, there's less people in the jail, and come September, there's probably going to be a lot less as well. Because uh, September is when they. September is when they're going to start enforcing yeah. the safe the safety act. What is the safety act? All right, so the safety act, which a lot of people call the catch and release act, right? It's it's the reform you know, that 100 out of 102 prosecutors in Illinois objected to because it's a complete reform of everything we know as a criminal justice system. It's you're not going to see anything like it in any other state. We're pretty much like a social experiment. It is eliminating the idea that you need money to post bond. Right. I think the intentions behind it were to prevent the idea of a pauper's prison. Right. Where one person is in jail only because they can't afford to get out. Well, this person who's rich can get out think the idea behind it the problem is oh, there's so many problems there yeah there's a, there's a lot of problems so there's so many problems there the problem is so there's these there's a bunch of laws up here that if they're broken the most extreme like murder that you're automatically in there's no question about you getting out there's no amount you can get out like money is not on the table right and then there's crimes down here where if you violate those laws you never even you're never put in custody or go to jail ever right the law is in the middle. There's a whole bunch of um, classes of crimes in the middle, right, where the only way for a judge to hold that person without bond 
is for the state to petition the court and ask that the court do that. So now, actually, the state's attorney's office has even more control than it did before this act went into place, right? Because before a judge, they were going to see this person no matter what, so they could decide what type of bond is appropriate. This The act kind of whittles away at the checks and balances by eliminating the role of the judge in that decision making. Your position is, what do you call it, Joe, apolitical? Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? So it should be. Okay, it should, yeah, it should be, be, but it should be. Now, now help me out to understand because I'm not here to point fingers at Republicans, Democrats, or whatnot. But why do the why does it seem like the Democratic people, and I say Democrats because Kim Fox and Reinhardt are Democrats, why why do they want to let people go and not prosecute because they they'll have more voters? Like, what's the deal? So I, I know it's a sticky I, wicket, I, but I, I I'm speculating. just speculating. I think I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I think that there's an over there's like this feeling that the people in the criminal justice system are victims of the system. And I don't know if you guys get that that feeling either that that's kind of the, the rhetoric at times where people who are in the system are treated unfairly. Right. So I'm not saying I agree with that, but. The idea that they're taking judges out of the question, right, that there are these laws that they make it impossible for someone to go to jail or be held, you know, irrespective of the type of like irrespective of what a judge would do normally. I think they're trying to say unless you're a violent criminal, you shouldn't be in jail at all. Yeah. No, this is, this but is like you said, the, 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 the small crimes lead to the big crime. Yeah. I mean, the, right. there was that carjacking a few months ago in Libertyville where a, a pregnant woman. Um, yes, that's so sad. Uh, her toddler got um, uh, carjacked and let out on a street in Waukegan, thankfully not hurt. And, and she got run over, but um, and and a whole bunch of stuff. And then that. There was that shooting of a police officer in Chicago, a uh, fatal shooting of a police officer in Chicago. And in all these, a lot of these cases, you see when they when they get arrested for these horrible crimes, you find that they have a rap sheet a mile long that mm-hmm. either Kim Fox or Eric Reinhardt chose not to prosecute on or gave them slaps on the wrist. You know what I haven't heard is the, the, the mental health side of things. And here's a Democrat coming out of me. You have people... <laughs> you know, with issues, uh, drug dependencies, and there there isn't money out there to deal with this stuff before the hand. We wait till something happens and then then we deal with it because a lot of these yeah. people are doing these things to get the money to subs, you know, take care of their their, their needs. Is am I right thinking that way? Pete, that's a that's a that's a great point. But you know, in Lake County, we have a specific courts, uh, so we have some of the courts dedicated to helping people who have drug dependencies, uh, who have um, uh, particularly veterans uh, who are having problems, um, they have the series these uh, and, sorry and mental health uh, issues, uh, which we call uh, therapeutic intensive uh, monitoring, where the uh, uh, the accused um, pleads guilty uh, and um, comes in on a regular basis. I think I believe it's a weekly basis. Uh, for drug testing, for uh, you know, counseling, uh, to show that they are reforming and improving their lives. Uh, and once they do that, um, I, as I understand it, Mary, they get to uh, they don't have to go to jail at all. They are then released at the end of that program, uh, hopefully uh, reformed. 
So we do have great treatment courts and those have been there since before Mr. Reinhardt was there. Yes. Um, and, and they do focus on um, dealing with some of those more ingrained issues that might be the root cause of criminality versus someone who's just, you know, um, actively just trying to, to break laws, right, when there's some other root cause. Uh, and they're very effective, right? And they're very time intensive. There's a great team that deals with every single person. But as you just mentioned, sometimes the only way to, to get there is when we hold them accountable for doing something wrong, then we bring them in and provide services. I'm not saying that everyone there is like, yay, I'm in treatment court. But if you talk to some of those people who have graduated, it's some of the most moving stuff ever. It's it's some of the most inspiring uh, stories over here when you get to see someone who's really turned their life around. And it's a team effort. I've been to the graduation, they call it a graduation yeah. ceremony. I've been to the graduation ceremonies a number of times. And yes, they're they're really wonderful things to see. But, right, but they're, they're being held accountable in some way. Yeah. Being, yes, they are. Yes. They're this being ordered a, right? to be in this program. No, this isn't a pleasure. This but is Reinhardt like, is, there, there are people committing, that are getting arrested for very serious crimes, both in Cook and Lake County. And we're finding that none of that happened on the previous crimes that they got arrested for that, um, you know, and it, it's not a, I don't think it's a partisan thing. Like I said earlier, the Will County State's attorney is a Democrat. Um, for many years, you know, if we go back, Cook County, uh, Rich, Mayor, former Mayor Richard M. Daley was, before he was the mayor, he was the Cook County State's attorney. He had strong support from law enforcement. Yeah. Dick Devine, I mean, he was a Democrat. So I, I think there's a lot of Democrat. I don't, it, th this is, like I said, this is an office that runs partisan on the ballot. But like we had Holly Kim on the show a few weeks ago as the as the yeah, county treasurer. Great. I don't think there's really a Republican way or a Democratic way to run the county treasurer's office. And I think that the same applies here. Yeah, you have some far left Democrats um, that are coming up with these social experiments that are failing miserably. But I think there's a lot of rank and file Democrats out there, uh, conservative, moderate Democrats that feel the same way and are concerned about safety with with a lot of these issues um, out there. So I don't I don't know if it's really. Yeah, your run is Democrat and Republican. And I know, Mary, that kind of begs me to the question, because I know you want to talk about it because there's. There's a little bit of sniping in the Republican Party, and there was a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago who kind of brought bit. it up. But we, you, you, um, you know, it is public record your primary ballot history, and you voted in some Democratic primaries. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's some people saying we can't marry Cole; she's a rhino, and and you know uh, we so need a more conservative candidate, and and all that. So why don't you why don't you address that? Okay, but before I address that, I want to say one thing that I thought of as you were speaking. I think one of the main issues with this office in particular is that the uh, office holder right now has never had never prosecuted a case of Dana's life before getting there. And so that's also where you're seeing, like, you have Democratic prosecutors all over, and they're like, no, this act is terrible. It's because they've done the job, and they understand the job on a fundamental level. Honestly, I think if he had prosecuted like six months of his life before this. Not one case, not one. Right, yeah, right. So I think that's a huge issue. You have a 20-year defense attorney who's walking into the office as a defense attorney. So it's not like a giant surprise that this is what we're getting. But to to, to go back to the political um, 
the questions about politics and voting records and things like that. Um, one, you're right. This office should you should never make a single political decision, period. And that's something that that Mike Nierheim was great about. I had never experienced a political office until it was taken over by Eric Reinhardt. My voting record, I have voted down in the past. I didn't really see what it looked like and how uh, ineffective it was to have a Dem running the office until one came in. But I don't even think that's fair necessarily to say because I don't know if every Dem would have run it the way he did. But I grew up in Deerfield. Everyone I knew growing up was Democratic. I mean, Facebook wasn't around. I Like, my family didn't talk about politics. I just thought everyone was a Dem. I went away to college. Everyone in college is a Dem. That's just kind of how it is. I went to law school and then was a public defender. Everyone I knew was a Dem. Then I came to Mike Nierheim's office and he never ran a political office. So I never had to think about it. The first time I really had to think about what it was like to have a Dem running the office is when Eric took over. And I can tell you right now, there's lovely words that some Dems use like transparency, fairness, all these great words that I believe in, right? But then I, I can tell you that what I saw was not transparent, a lot of meetings behind closed doors, not fair, dismissing cases without talking to victims. And that's when I realized, like, I, I want more than lip service, right? And when it comes to law and order, I don't believe in defunding the police. I don't agree with the Safety Act. So that's kind of how I became a Republican. You, you, how many people left Eric's office? A 83 lot? plus. That would be a lot? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's okay. a lot, yes. That's uh, a lot. Is that because... I, I can only think I, I I know sales organizations and some somehow when somebody gets promoted to leadership in sales, it's never sold anything. And then you get a bunch of people reporting to them and yes. they, don't know, they don't know what the hell that they're doing. Like, yeah, and I, bossing them around. Yeah, yeah. But the stakes and, are a lot higher with a prosecutor's office than the sales yeah. office. No, no, no disrespect there, Pete. But well, it's a comparison. Yeah. It's a decent comparison. No, but it, and then, but it's a little bit different because um, you influence the first responders out there, right? Because you have to keep them motivated to mm-hmm. risk their lives, you know, to do this stuff. And they risk their lives. They bring somebody in and say, ah, that's all right. We'll let them walk. Never mind. That's a, a morale crusher, right? Is that how, how I'm reading what's, what's going on there? So these 80, a lot of people left. These are all prosecutors or... Like, yes. Everyone, support staff. Oh. I mean, it's anyone who worked in the office. So, like, so support staff. His... I mean, so much of our jobs are like lawyers get to court because we have support staff yeah. that are great and do behind the scenes stuff and make sure yeah. that we can handle these high volume, high paper intensive cases. Yeah. Right? Like, we don't, we aren't, we don't do it by ourselves. We need we, a lot like, of support. I know, team. I know, I need a lot of support. Yeah. But yeah, but if all these people know what they're doing, they leave, and then 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 these other people come in that have no idea, then they just follow Reinhardt no matter what. So you got eighty people that yeah, so- or they leave because a lot of them. Here's the problem: is you got rid of a lot of young prosecutors come in for one because they they think the job is going to be cool or something they always wanted to do, yeah. or they want to become a great trial attorney because criminal law attorneys are the ones who do most of the trials in court mm-hmm. litigation, right? Or they want to be a part of you know the they like being a part of the action or, you know, they want to sharpen their skills or Resume. want to be in a organization that's got like a team oriented dynamic. Right. But when you go into an office and because of that, you don't get paid much. Right. But all those things are valuable enough that you say, OK, I'm going to do this. But when you go into that type of organization, you're not taught anything. There is no morale. 
right? And people laugh at you because you don't know what you're doing. You're trying your hardest to learn how to be a good attorney. And there's no actual way for you to be trained because the person training is never prosecuted. Then you just have a poor paying job, right? And that's why you have people leave. We've, there's a ton of really good people who've come through that office and said, I'm sorry, like, I'll just go elsewhere. Is that private so, sector or government? Government. Well, this is government. Okay, so if you get in there and they say, oh, wait, Mary knows what she's doing, think you get some of these people back? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I do. With, without question, because I know why I was there. I know why the people I still practice law with are there, right? Like, so many of the defense attorneys in the area, like, they're Dems too, but they're heartbroken. This is their office. They came up through that office. If you talk to some of the attorneys in the area who, who used to work there 20 years ago, they're, like, sad, Many, many of former prosecutors really feel that it was the best times of their lives and certainly professional lives uh, when they had real meaning and they were doing trials all the time. Uh, it, it's a, a unique and, and really valuable training experience for young lawyers. I think it's a great uh, way to learn. Uh, we have hired uh, people, by the way, out of uh, Reinhardt's office. Joe, so, you know, not, not everybody's had- a loser from this. We had a few weeks ago on our show, uh, the Lake County Republican chairman, Keith Brin. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about all the political dynamics of Lake County. And, you know, 20, maybe even just 10 years ago, Lake County was a very Republican county. It has gone um, the other way. There's no Republican county office holders. Nearheim lost, you know, the, the state's attorney is, is elected every four years in the presidential election cycle. And Nearheim lost, it was very, very close, one or two points, if I recall. Yeah, yeah 48%, um, I think. And Yeah, 48%. And it was, everybody felt it, that it was a lot of people just coming to vote against Donald Trump. And I'm not asking you to get mm-hmm. involved in the presidential uh, election, but everybody, a lot of people who had never voted before came out to vote either probably against Donald Trump, and then they just voted straight Democrat down the ballot. Whereas a lot of people felt that if it, if people had just been voting on the state's attorney's race and no other race, that that uh, uh, Reinhardt would not have won. But I think my point in this is with you is I think a lot of my fellow Republicans want to nominate somebody that can't get that cross appeal. Because I, I think, as you said, there's a lot of people out there um, that... Um, you know, don't have a party label. You know, most the vast majority of voters are not Democrats or Republicans. They're independents. They're swing voters. They vote, you know, the same day that Joe Biden won Lake County by a landslide. The, the, the tax hike referendum that was on the ballot from Pritzker lost by a landslide. So there's there's that there's that swing vote. And, you know, you're you're running a campaign. I think that if you know, if you're the nominee has a, has the ability to to get a lot of those people because your your focus is prosecuting criminals. And I think there's a lot of people on both sides of the aisle that feel Mr. Reinhardt's not done that. And if you get in there, there will be a difference, right? I mean, you're not going to be enough. Yes. People people are saying, oh, she'll be just another Eric Reinhardt. How, how, do, you, uh, how do you hope or plan uh, to overcome the Trump problem? And I'll call it the Trump problem. I, I'm, I'm not going to beat it around, uh, around the bush for it uh, as Joe does. Uh, the, Trump got 36% of the vote last time, okay? That is an anchor uh, that pulls every other Republican, every other R on the ballot down, including Mike Nierheim. Mike Nierheim was a two-term 
uh, uh, state's attorney uh, who had no real problems, no real scandals going on, no issues, uh, and yet he was undefeated for the third term um, by two points. Uh, and st- you know, he still did uh, 12 points, I think it was, better than Trump, but it wasn't enough. How, right. how are you going to do that? Predicting. So hypothetically, say Trump is at, at the top of the ballot. And that will make things incredibly difficult. I'm not going to pretend like that's that's not the case. Um, but what we do have this time around that we didn't have last time around is a state's attorney who has completely failed to do his job. Right. We have we have a a Lake Forest, a Highland Park, a Highwood, a Waukegan, a Zion that are affirmatively less safe than they were three years ago. Right. And no matter where you are in those communities, you want your kids to be able to go to school and come home safe. Hmm. If you're in Waukegan, Zion, Highland hmm. Park, Deerfield. Right. Yes. And so I think that we have uh, we have our own personal experience. And it's my duty to get out there to educate, to to try and breathe life into the importance of this job and how, how important it is. So to really uh, choose your state's attorney and not just pick a color, right? Like my colors are purple, right? Blue and red make purple because I want it to be clear. This is not a political office. I understand I'm a candidate, blah, blah, blah. But the second you get there, you should not make any political decisions, right? And I think if people can understand that, that that's an affirmative value, that's not just words, right? But there's, there's evidence for why that has to be the case, that they're willing to step up. And that's my hope. A guy sitting in the bar, here's why I'm voting for you, Mary. Now, Joe and Rick, if if Mary gets the gig, I want to use a fancy term, lift. She gets the job. What is the morale lift of our first responders in the in the county? Just got to guess. To go out and do their job, it's like, I feel 20% better about my job because I know Mary is in the position. Would you put a get a, a, a guess on that? Because if you're going to go out there and risk your life, being like one guy is going to let somebody go and the other one's going to stick it to him, who are you going to risk your life for? To me, the guy at the bar says, "All right, you know, I'm going to put Mary up there because, and if I know my law enforcement is that much more pumped up to go out there and do the job, that's why I would vote for you." Is that how I should be looking at it, guys? Yes or no? I, I would view it if if Mary was to win. Um, I think that most first response police officers in particular, uh, you know, I think would view it as being an affirmation that the public values their service. If you're a paramedic going into a crappy neighborhood <laughs> and you know, so do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. but I mean, the Lake, the Lake Forest cops, Pete, we heard this when, uh, with, with Prue Bidler running that they, they couldn't say it publicly, but. They were not going to respect the mayor who gave all that money to Kim Fox and Eric Reinhardt. And um, because they 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 do this hard work. I mean, getting that hit and run that hit because of that hit and run case, they had to do a lot of detective work to get that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just, oh, there he is. Um, there's a beer. They do yeah. a lot of work on that. And they're they're ticked off that all that work and this man died. Um uh and and then this 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 guy gets a slap on the wrist these so that's a negative they, like, they, they feel they i think they want someone who has their back in court 
think, that's, oh, that's absolutely true. And you know what? Here's the thing. If that decision was made by a different administration, you might have law enforcement that goes, you know, I don't get it, but I trust it. The problem is, is that law enforcement don't trust this administration because it has a history of not making choices that law enforcement and the public agree with. Right. So. Sorry, it, you're pointing your finger. That's that's my point because th- then it's like a discount rate where, yeah, you, you don't have a hundred percent force out there. You got a sixty percent force out there. Right, and why are they going to put themselves on the line, throw themselves into a violent situation just to possibly find out not only that like the charges aren't going to be approved, they're going to do a ton of paperwork, it's going to go nowhere, but on top of it, they open themselves up to physical liability. Like there's it why like why why would they be excited to do their job and on top of it especially when we have a society right now and an administration that kind of mirrors that 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 like that a police officer is like a dirty word right like they feel hated they want to feel like people understand that they're there because they want to help right they put their life on the line to help and they want to know that we know that right so i think a vote for somebody who does appreciate law enforcement and law enforcement is it's enforcement, right? Like the prosecutor, it's a law enforcement. It's the enforcement arm of the law. So we're very connected, right? Like those are our troops on the ground to yeah, help yeah. me do my job, right? So if you don't have that good relationship, how is it ever going to work? Yeah. It doesn't. That's what yeah. we see. Yeah. The law, laws need to be either either enforced or repealed. Uh, and one of the problems where you have uh, laws on the books, which are simply instead ignored, uh, is that it does create disrespect for the law as a whole, uh, and it's a it has become a, a I think a great problem uh, in society that people yeah. do not respect the law uh, at all anymore because in large measure they see it as being well you know this person wants to enforce this or that yeah. uh, this is important that is not uh, rather than viewing the question of hey. The legislature has passed this law. The governor has signed this law. Uh, this law should be enforced right. or repealed, and, one of the two. And laws reflect a fundamental understanding in society that we have standards of care for each other, right? Like that mm. that, that we're not going to like result to our base instincts, that we believe a civilized society that certain things are allowed to happen and certain things aren't. But the, And those laws that reflect that, they mean nothing if there's no enforcement of them. Right. And that's where you get that whittling away of the fabric of society and law enforcement, not trusting the public, public not trusting law enforcement. We've all seen situations now uh, where there has been a, a lot of shoplifting and the shoplifters simply run out of the store. Nobody yep. chases after them. Nobody mm-hmm. does anything. Uh, I've seen I saw recently uh, one of the major uh, retailers uh, commenting Dick Sporting Goods uh, on the billions of dollars that they have lost. Uh, in terms of theft. Yeah. Walmart closed uh, all their stores in the south side of Chicago because they they said that there's no point. We've we've got all this shrinkage. Shrinkage is a term used in retail. Yeah, right. And we've got mm-hmm. all this theft. And yeah, the CPD comes and and but then the, the state's attorney uh doesn't do anything. So it just breathes it. And there was, you know, this he treats shoplifting like a minor thing. But let me give you an example that happened right here in Lake County not too long ago. Uh, there was a, uh, a shoplifting incident at Hawthorne Mall or, or somewhere in Vernon Hills. Vernon Hills has all the retail around here. 
Um, and they're, they're speeding away, trying to get back to the, I assume back to the tollway to get out of there. And they cause a huge accident on Route 60, almost killed a couple of innocent motorists, Mm -hmm. um, as a result of that. So this, this is serious stuff. And, uh, basically Eric Reinhardt, like Kim Fox has put up a sign, uh, that effectively says, come commit crimes in our County because we won't. We won't. We won't. We're uh, not going to chase you. We're not going to. Yeah, we're not going to go after you. Yeah, uh, you're going to hold people accountable. That's why I'm going to vote for you. Yes, okay. accountable. <laughs> I believe in fair results, but you got to start at least with holding people accountable. And then accountable number two. It's like we have to put a dollar amount to all this, the negative juju of our our policemen. We're not getting a hundred percent workforce out there. We're getting a. I'm, 60% workforce. So that means we're missing out on the 40%. We're inviting people to come up on the train and get off on Lake Forest and camp out because nobody's going to, you know, kick them out. There's a dollar amount to that. You brought up the shoplifting. It'd be interesting to get a dollar amount, the difference between having Mary in office or Reinhardt in office. I'm sure some of the uh, Republican uh, data monsters like Joe Weiss there We'll put something together. I'm not a data monster. Me neither. <laughs> but Joe does cross. Like I said, you know, Joe, I is, Joe is well here. described there. Well, we all so, Mary, what's your let, get, let's um you're you're now a candidate, first time in your life. You just had mm-hmm. your big announcement, uh, I believe last week. Um Tuesday. And you had a few some of the few Republicans that have actually won in Lake County, uh, con- former Senator Mark Kirk and former mm-hmm. Congressman Bob Dole were at your announcement, I saw. Um, so off to a good start. What's, you know, let's talk the campaign. I know you're not a candidate, not a political uh, person per se, but are, what? how are you going to go out there? And first of all, you got to make, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a contested Republican primary or not, but. What's your pitch to the to to first to Republicans and then the people just in general here in Lake County? Why Mary Cole? Uh, what are you going to do? Cole? Well, because Republican or Democrat, you still want to go to sleep at night and know that your house won't be broken into, right? That you won't wake up and your car is gone, and that you can, as you mentioned earlier, you know, go to the grocery store, come back to your home as a mom, and not have your car stolen with their child in it because that did happen right in February of last year to that Libertyville mom. At the end of the day, whether or not you believe in blue or red, we all believe in safety. That's not a color, right? That That's that's not color specific thing, right? Everyone comes to the North Shore because they want to raise their kids here safely. And I think if you want to vote for safety, you're going to vote for me. That's what I care about. That's That is your primary duty as a prosecutor. And it's it's a duty that should be taken seriously. So and so as far as going out and meeting people, I think we're going to try to develop as many coalitions as possible, like, you know, natural groups where people kind of get together and care about things and, and get to know those people and figure out what bothers them, what keeps them up at night and what we can do to make it better. I think we're going to have to work with all law enforcement, because at the end of the day, the best way to keep this from happening again is if and when I get this in four years is to do a great job. That is the best way to keep this office in a good place is to do a good job. So not only like winning, but putting us in a position to where when we get where we need to be, that we can actually help take care of the people. And that's going to be working with law enforcement. It's going to be working with mayors. It's going to be working, you know, with local businesses. Have you reached out to like the FOP and those groups or? Yes. Hey, look, 
<laughs> oh, there you go. There you and go. And it's purple too. <laughs> uh, Mary, you uh, grew up in Deerfield. You mentioned, yes. Um, you know, Lake County, of course, is all about the communities uh, uh, that uh, that we live in. Um, what other communities do you have contact with in in Lake County? In, in terms of like where I've gone so far. Yes. Yeah, you grew up uh, in Deerfield. So you said, yeah. Yeah, grew up in Deerfield. Um, I live in Lake Bluff. I'm a trustee in Lake Bluff. Um, I hey. have family in Round. <laughs> I have family in Round Lake. Um, I have. I've been out and talked to Antioch. I've talked to the Vernon Township last night. Fremont Township. So getting out there, I met with the. Um, I'm supposed to hopefully meet soon the mayor of Libertyville, who, by the way, I just adore. Uh, Donna Johnson. She's she's very impressive. Um, getting out there, meeting people, getting to churches, getting to places where people naturally gather because they care about something, right? That's kind of my goal. At this I'm sure point. Mayor Randy Tack would be happy to meet with you. I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but I bet Mayor Mayor Tack shares a lot of, uh, based on the last election and his opponent's uh, donations to Fox and Reinhardt. I think... Uh, you two would find a lot of common ground there. And, so. and Chief uh, and Chief uh, Waldorf, uh, who is not uh, political at all, no. um, but I'm sure uh, I know uh, has strong feelings about law enforcement uh, and would like to see uh, a, a a stronger prosecution. But the groups that represent the rank and file police, the Fraternal Order of Police, mm -hmm. the Holman's Association, the various police officers unions, they do endorse and they do get mm -hmm. involved and. Uh, I'm willing to bet uh, a dinner at Sophia's Steakhouse that no, none of them <laughs> endorsing Eric Reinhardt. Um, well, he hasn't picked up a check I, there I'm before. I guess. Yeah. You're right. Without naming names, I mean, I I did get that cup from somewhere. So, <laughs> um, and it's hard, right? Because it, it's you know when it, law enforcement, they're probably the probably some of the most upset about what's going on, but they also have their hands tied with regard to what they can do in terms of speaking out. So what I tell people is, listen, you want to know, don't ask me, go ask your local, your police officers walking kids across the street, ask them real quick, right? What their opinion is on what's going on. And off the record, they'll tell you. Yeah. And ask so. them about the, about the safety act. Do you, yeah, got you know what? We have a lot of coppers that listen to this show, watch this show. And some of them have, uh, uh, the backbone to maybe they're retired or doing something else. We'd love to have them come on and give their opinion on what's going on because nothing's stronger than mm -hmm. hearing from an actual copper that's out there on the street dealing with this stuff because that would be your number one vote, Mary. Mary, right. if we're going to vote for you, where the heck do we go to learn more about you? Salute oh, them. I have a website. Ready? MaryForlakeCounty.com. I can remember my own website. Maryforlakecounty.com. That's easy. Not the, not the number four? Or and my speech is on there, actually. My my announcement speech. They just Yeah, that's it. a great speech. I, I urge everyone to, to spend a few minutes and watch it. I think you laid out a very good vision of what it is. And I think get those retired cops to walk door-to-door uh, -door for you um, and anybody else that wants to volunteer or give you money because um, it's, it's not going to be easy beating Eric Ryan. It's doable. It's, it's winnable. Not. 
but it ain't going to be a walk in the park. So yeah, you're going to need every, every bit of help you either. can get, whether it's time or money. Uh, it's not just votes. I mean, votes are the most important Anyone thing. Anyone and everyone. Oh, by yeah. the way, I have a fundraiser if you guys want to go now that I have you captive. Yeah, put it on here. <laughs> it's September 6th at Nikki Finn's. Oh, so cool. It's in my calendar already. Right? Like, I mean, that's it's a fun it's, yeah. it's a fun thing to do. So, I am, by the way, more the merrier. Mary Cole, you got my vote. Thanks, guys. Thanks for inviting me on. You guys are Thank fun. you, Mary. It's been a great time, time talking with you. Good luck to you. Yes, thank you for coming <laughs> on. Right, thank you, guys. She's, she's going to hold people accountable. Mary, thank you so much for coming on the Lake Forest Podcast. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest on Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. Are you looking for beer, wings, and swings in Lake Forest? Well, check out Duffer's Pub and their state-of-the-art golf simulators. This primo setup is the perfect place for your next corporate event. Yes, let your boss win. And of course, all the games will be on the TV and you'll never go hungry because the za and wings are scrumptious. Go to Duffer's Pub on Western Avenue now. We'd also like to say we're thankful for Patreon supporters, Otto, John, C, and Helen.